Storm Bowling Products, the bowler's company, presents the Collegiate Spotlight with Coach K. Storm's technical director, Steve Klimkin, also known as Coach K, and Above180.com's Tim Berg are going to introduce you to a variety of collegiate players, coaches, and key people involved in promoting the sport of bowling. Now here's Coach K and Tim Berg. Joining us today on the Storm Collegiate Spotlight is Matt McNeil. Matt bowls collegiately at Wichita State University. All right, Matt. Well, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate you taking some time out of your schedule to join us for the uh, Storm Collegiate Spotlight. Well, thank you, Steve and Tim. It's a, it's a pleasure to be on the show again. Appreciate it. Hey, you bet. Hey, uh, tell us uh, just a little bit now. You've got a little bit of time at, uh, at Wichita State University, obviously a place very close to my heart. And tell us a little bit of time about, you know, about your experiences there so far, what you're noticing in, uh, in what makes the program itself so successful? Uh, the, the time I've spent here is, is phenomenal. Uh, I think I've probably learned more about the, the sport and uh, the mental game and my, my mental game and, and how to approach uh, team bowling. I think I've learned more here in the last five months than I've probably learned in my career. And I think that, that just speaks volumes to how great our leadership is here, especially Coach Vatican and Coach Lewis and assistant coach Nathan Bohr. And uh, we've been using Rick Steelsmith a lot as well. I think that just speaks volumes to how great the program is here. And, and so for me personally, the experience has just been unbelievable. Uh, definitely, without a doubt, the best choice I've made. And, and to anybody listening to this that's, you know, that, that thinks, oh, I can go to this school because, you know, they have a good team. You're wrong. Uh, you have to come here if you want to get better. If you want to grow and you want to become one of the elite, you have to come here. And I think that's, there's, uh, you just look at the PBA Tour and, and the top guys, Sean Rash and Chris Barnes, uh, aside from Belmo, I mean, look at those two guys. They're dominating week in and week out, and there's uh, no questions that they're uh, WSU grads. So, uh my experience here has been great, and uh, the program really, really sets itself apart from all the other programs out there. So, what has probably been the most humbling experience for you in the last five months? Well, I, I think um, you know, sitting in tournaments, um, just being able to sit and be a part of the team and, and contribute to the team, uh, not by throwing a bowling ball and have us win or, or still be competitive. I, I think that's been the the most fun uh, is when I, I can still give and contribute uh, even though I'm sitting on the bench or, um, you know, when I found out that I was uh, given the Coach K scholarship uh, and the uh, Josh McBride, Jake, uh, Jake Blanchard, Jake Blanchard uh, or Josh Blanchard, <laughs> I'm mixing up all these names, sorry. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake Peters Blanch- and Josh Blanchard, right? Yeah, right. Yes, yes, the Peters and Blanchard uh, new player scholarship. I mean, that was just absolute humbling. Uh, just incredibly humbling to, out of all the talent on our team, to to be recognized and and given those scholarship awards was extremely humbling. So uh, that was extremely humbling experience. I think just to just to share the lanes with these guys uh, to put on that. That black and gold jersey means so so much. I mean, if you look at the people who've who've worn these colors before me, I mean, just some of the best in our sport and guys who I grew up watching. 
so it really means a lot. I think the whole experience is humbling, but those two definitely stand out so far. Hey, we're going to have uh, definitely some more questions in this podcast about your bowling, but uh, as far as qualifications go, you know, the Coach K scholarship, um, we split that scholarship up to three different people, the top male athlete, top female, and then the top international student athlete. It's based off of performance in the classroom. So you had the highest GPA. Um, tell us a little bit, I guess, about uh, your work in the classroom. What are you studying um, what's your what's your focus on here, kind of long term, as far as education goes, and what do you hope to do with your degree once you do earn that? Well, I'm I'm doing my master's in criminal justice. Um, I had done in my undergrad a law enforcement uh, bachelor's of science, and then a minor in alcohol drug studies. I also uh, hold a inactive peace officer's license in the state of Minnesota, along with seven years of law enforcement uh, is a career background, and so so this degree really complements everything that I've already done the last seven years, um, but, you know, it, school for me has kind of been, you know, a little bit of the old hat. Um, you know, I, I graduated, I started my bachelor's late, graduated in 2011, now I'm back at it, so it was, the transition was, was very good. I'm a highly motivated student, so it works out, you know, plus... I, I think you you know you just really want to prove to Coach V that you know he 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 makes academics so so important and so much of a part of your life and and you, you don't want to let him down uh, you want to show him the best you can be and so for me it was uh, that was good motivation to work that extra step to make sure I had a 4.0 last semester. So, Matt, what advice do you have for high school bowlers that are listening to this podcast right now? I know you mentioned right before that you had a, a 6.30 meeting with Coach V, and that's something that we said that, that proves that you guys as bowlers at, at Wichita State, you guys want it. You guys, are, you guys are going to that next level and taking that next step. But talk about something for that younger bowler, what they need to do at, at their age of 16 or 14 or 13, you know, in high school and in, in junior high, what they can do to keep their game going in that right direction. Well, I, I think you just look at the best and say, how can I be better? Uh, any junior tournament you can bowl, bowl. Any traveling league you can bowl with better players, bowl. And any time you can bowl with better players, bowl with better players. I mean, you might get your teeth kicked in. You might lose some money. Uh, you know, or it's, you know, if your parents are paying your entry fees, you know, maybe you lose that. Maybe you don't win as much scholarship. But, but park your pride and, and say, how can I get better? How can I learn more? What can I do? Can I get a job in the bowling center, working in back, working on the lay machine? Start, you know, I, I can, you know, start helping the guy read tapes. Uh, you know, can I get a job helping out in the pro shop? Uh, you know, I'm going to start bowling junior Olympic gold. My state has a traveling scratch tournament once a month for junior bowlers that award scholarship. I'm going to start bowling every one of those. A neighboring state does that. I'm going to go bowl every one of those until I can start to be successful. I'm going to double my practice efforts. I'm going to stay in shape. I'm going to excel at school. All these things, these are the things that, that Wichita State does here, and that, those are the things that they promote. And so I think if you can start that habit as a teenager, I, I wish I could go back and talk to myself. You know, and, and I felt I did a lot of things right growing up, but there's still a lot more that I could have done. And so for any, any young person out there listening to this, if you think you can, if you think you're, you're, you know, you're on your way, you're doing everything right, I would say take a, take a good glance at what you're doing 
and double everything, and then maybe you'll start to be on the right track. Because it just there's there's so much to our sport, uh, and so much to learn, and, and so much to practice, and, and so many areas you can grow in that you're never going to know it all. Well, that's some good advice. Say, uh, um, Matt, you know, last year when I went to the Open Championships, you were there uh, working. You were actually there doing some uh, coaching and helping bowlers get lined up on the actual oil pattern there. Is that, is that something you see yourself doing again? Uh, perhaps in the future, uh, maybe after I, I, I get done with school. Uh, you know, bowling is my first passion in life, and if I can help people be better at our sport, uh, that's something I, I definitely want to do. Um, my education is always, I've always viewed as a fallback uh, in case I can't have the desirable living that I want to have in, in bowling or in the bowling industry. And, uh, you know, bowling industry positions are extremely hard to get, uh, and, and they take a lot of time and a lot of hard work and a lot of uh, proving uh, to the company that, you, you know, you're worth something. And, uh, you know, so those are, are tough positions, as you obviously know, Steve. Um, okay. You know, and then profession, the scene of professional bowling is extremely hard, too. Uh, if you're not in the top 1% or 2%, uh, it's a very hard way to make a living. And so, uh, you know, the coaching thing is uh, I'm definitely going to keep open. I'm currently seeking my gold certification, so I, I want to do something with that. Uh, I don't know what yet. <laughs> Things are still shaking out. But uh, either way, at the, at the end, I, I hope to be back and, and coaching in some respects because I feel I have a lot to offer and a lot to give, even though I'm left-handed. Um, just as far as the mental side of things and, and the way people approach lane play and, and team play and everything like that, I feel like I really, really have a lot to give there. Talking about the stadium in Reno, your game seems to really match up well there. What, what do you think is one of the, the keys for you at the stadium that maybe you can pass along to, to other lefties that, that make you, you know, give you that right look and that right shape of a ball motion down the lane? Well, you know, I've, I've said before, there's, I don't think there's a secret to, to me doing well at the stadium or a guy like a great left-hander like Rick Miller uh, doing well at the stadium uh, or, or any of the great left-handers out there. Uh, I can just I could go on naming phenomenal left-handers. Corey Simmons, uh, a local boy here, extremely good left-hander. Uh, you know, uh, Jeff Mersch, one team all of it extremely great left hander, but he only had 1,900. Uh, I think the thing that that separates me from those guys is maybe the fact that I expect myself to average 245 or higher. I go in there expecting that. Uh, I know I can, I'm capable of it. I go in expecting it. I don't expect to shoot 2-0, 2-1. I'm, I'm looking to shoot 240, 250. And, uh, you know, just being smart about uh, your equipment, having stuff that's going to give you good looks, uh, you know, really spending a lot of time preparing physically and mentally, uh, I feel, is so, so important. Uh, you know, I, I just don't chew up and go out on the lanes. I've spent at least two months visualizing every single shot that I'm going to throw and how it's going to feel and how it's going to look and what the pins are going to do and, and, and all those things. So I really feel my big advantage is, is in the mental side. Uh, just all those timing and prep, uh, time preparation and, and things that I do. And it's not even the stadium. I mean, you look at Baton Rouge and how 
how horribly the left-handers fared compared to the right-handers, you know, and, and I go out and, you know, I go 600-some over uh, almost for, for my first uh, six games. So I, I think that's just a, you know, I'm not trying to brag or anything, but I think that's a testament to all the naysayers who say, well, Matt McNeil's only good at the, at the National Bowling Stadium, which has traditionally been a left-handed house. And uh, to anybody who says that, I'd say, well, look at the last bunch of big tournaments they had there. A left-hander hasn't won since they changed the lane surface over. And even the last year, the Masters there on the old lane surface, uh, Brian Smith won. So, uh, you know, I'd, I'd definitely counter with that argument. Is the stadium still a left-handed house? Maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Uh, but uh, I feel the big advantage there ultimately lies in the preparation and, and commitment and mental side of it. Yeah, and mental side, like you mentioned, the expectations you have, I guarantee you there's not a lot of people who go out there, you know, expecting to average 240-plus. You know, I think there's a lot of people, because I worked the, uh, the, the booth there, the storm booth at the tournament for almost five years or so, and there's a lot of people that go there with, you know, even if they're great bowlers back home, they know that it's a tournament condition. Um, they know that the lanes are going to be more challenging. And a lot of times they're just hoping... You know, there's like they come in, and I won't say like a negative attitude, but they come in just saying, well, they just kind of hope they don't mess up. You know, that's a lot different from your approach you just talked about. Yeah, it certainly is. You know, I mean, and, and anything's possible. Uh, your mind, uh, you know, your mind is the ultimate naysayer of what you can and cannot do. You know, Henry Ford said, uh, whether you think you can or can't, you're right. And if you think you can go out there and average 240 and you truly believe it and you own it and you do everything to prepare for it, uh, your odds are greatly increased that you're going to do it uh, versus the fact that you say you watch somebody shoot 20, 2300, you say, that can never happen again. You know, Ron Volks shoots 2321 and says, nobody can do that. It's an unbreakable record. Nobody will ever break it. Not going to happen. Next year it gets beat. Not even a year later, 364 days later. So, uh, you know, your mind is the ultimate limiter, and if you want, the minute you find yourself putting limits on yourself, uh, you know that's, that's how a lot of these guys beat you on the lanes uh, week in and week out, probably in local tournaments and leagues. You know your mind puts limits on on your scores or your performances, and, and the guys who don't have limits uh, beat you a lot. So, do you see how some of the younger bowlers come into the stadium, come into that setting, whether it's Reno, Baton Rouge, wherever it is, and they're not phased by, by bowling in, in, on that stage. They just come in and they bowl, and, and some of the, the really solid teams are the younger collegiate players who have just graduated and are you know, in their careers and such. But that after now, after looking back, you're saying, well, this is how they can bowl well because of all the experience that they gained when they were in school, like you're gaining right now. Yeah, I mean, take a look at a guy like, let's use Marshall Kent or A.J. Johnson, for an example. Uh, Marshall Kent, uh, <laughs> you know, this is a guy I got to bowl against collegially, and I feel bad for me. I mean, that's how good this kid is. Uh, he's 22, I believe, and w- what's so scary about Marshall is is he is so progressively better than so many pe- than 99% of anybody who was t- ever 22 and, and that good. He is so progressively better than anybody in his age bracket. It's scary. And even people seven, eight years uh, with more experience than him. You know, and that's, that's the thing I look at is, is his ability now. And, and I hope he really puts himself in a position 
where he can keep learning and keep growing because then he's going to be one of the greatest of all time, I'd predict, uh, with how good physically he is. Um, and, and he seemed to handle himself very well mentally. Um, I've talked with him numerous times. Uh, so I just hope he puts him, himself in a position to keep growing and, and keep excelling and keep broadening uh, his mind and his physical game and, and never stop changing, never stop with saying, okay, I'm, I've got it, I'm good. You know, and the minute you say you're, you're, you know, you've got it, that's when you don't have it because everybody else passes you by. So, you know, and the same with A.J. Johnson. You know, he was just picked for uh, men's team USA. You know, this he throws the ball so incredibly well. It's just scary how good uh, a lot of these kids are. And at such a young age, it's just unbelievable. Uh, you know, these, these kids are, are so progressively better than, than guys who I know who are 35 and who have been bowling for many, many, many years. So, uh, you know, I think kids are getting smarter quicker. Uh, they're developing their games uh, quicker, and, and they're adapting to lane conditions quicker than a lot of people who, uh, you know, who are maybe a generation behind them. And I just think that it speaks a lot to where our sport is. I think we're educating more. I think we're, we're helping people develop quicker and grow quicker, uh, which is a great thing for our sport. So I, I would give that as, a, as an explanation and, and highlight those two gentlemen, even Cameron Weir uh, and Matt Gasson, too. I'd throw those guys in a bunch. Just so many great collegiate players. And, and hopefully there's a, an arena where we can see them blossom after their college careers are done. Yeah, I saw. I definitely saw that firsthand, and can 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 echo. Marshall Kent and AJ Johnson were very impressive at the team trials, and um, and you know Marshall talk about you know proving himself at the World Series of Bowling to lead one of the events against our sports best. That you know really says it all. Hey, earlier uh, earlier this year, you transitioned from one line of equipment to another, I believe. What was that transition like? Sometimes people have a hard time, you know, getting comfortable as far as changing looks and motions when they go from, you know, different ball brands. But what was that like for you? It was, it was pretty seamless for the most part. Um, the, the change came along with, you know, getting down here and making some physical changes to my game. So, you know, I was, I was kind of in the twilight zone for the last, you know, for the first, you know, three Three months, I'd say, of the collegiate season wasn't wasn't really where we wanted to be. We're we're honing in on it. I'm getting closer, so I'm starting to feel more comfortable. My ball roll is coming back to uh, the level I'm used to it being at, which is now I'm able to see the the differences between the equipment lines. But you know, 900 Global to Brunswick, um, or even Brunswick to Ebonite, or or Ebonite to Storm, you know. Mm. Everybody's making great equipment nowadays, and that, and that's just the the flat out truth coming from a pro shop guy standpoint. Uh, everybody has great line, uh, great stuff in their lineup. Everybody has mediocre stuff in their lineup. Uh, so is it, you know, yes, every, every company is inherent inherent to uh, to different, uh, slightly different shapes, slightly different ball motions. Uh, but I really feel it's, you know, it's my job. Uh, to to take what what I'm given and say okay well I'm going to have to change change my layout slightly I'm going to have to change my surfaces slightly to create the shape that I ultimately want to see and I think anybody can do that with any manufacturer it's just going to take some 
some know-how, some commitment, some ingenuity. So the, the, ultimately, the transition from Nineheart Global to Brunswick has been really seamless. And, uh, I mean, I'm going to be forever thankful to Dave Smart and Eric Thomas and the people at Nineheart Global for believing in me and supporting me through so many years. And I'm extremely thankful to Brunswick for having me and uh, believing in me enough to, to let me represent them on the lease. And, and their equipment is, is phenomenal, too. So uh, nothing but great things to say about, about both companies and the transition. Well, my final question for you, Matt, is have you had a chance to check out your, your basketball team? You guys are ranked fifth in the country. <laughs> you know, you're know, you 20-0, 7-0 now. 7-0 in the Missouri <laughs> Valley. Have you had a chance to check out a game? Uh, there is a, uh, there's a local... Uh, pub that uh, that has some good game day specials and uh, me and some uh, some cohorts like to go over there and and have a have a few and watch the games. I I haven't quite ventured into the uh, the live arena yet. I think I got to get into Coke Arena for at least one game just to experience it all. But uh, for now, I've been I've been rooting them on from the TV and it's been phenomenal. The the town just comes alive. Uh, for this team, and just what a phenomenal basketball team, and hopefully the season takes us uh, past where we made it last year. Well, I uh, I tell you the 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 dunk that Tequil Cotton just had. I actually had just tweeted my first basketball reference because the dunk was that amazing. So I'm <laughs> I'm telling you, if you haven't looked it up yet, you got to look it up. Everybody listen out there, it's a, it's amazing. His head almost hits the rim. So it's uh, it's pretty exciting, and uh, and Brent Bartman, uh, we go back and forth. He was my roommate in college there when I was at Wichita, and uh, it's it's really fun to root not only for you know for the our bowling team of course, our, uh, but also our basketball team and uh, and the energy inside that arena, Matt. I can tell you, you got to get in there because it's not that big, and it has to be just absolutely just pumping right now. So yeah, I, I can certainly imagine. I have uh, uh, a lot of a lot of my friends who uh, who. But, you know, they stand in line. The line to get student tickets is ungodly, and uh, <laughs> and they are true diehards. So uh, it's it's on the bucket list of things to do. Of course, you know, with school and bowling and practice and leagues and uh, and all that other stuff, I got a full plate. But uh, uh, definitely, it's on the bucket list. I got to see at least one game before the season is out. Oh, you you def you definitely do have a full plate, and and thanks again, Matt, for taking time to to speak with both Tim and myself, and uh, and we sure appreciate having you on, and and best of luck to the Shockers for uh, rest of the season. We'll be following you closely. Well, thank you, Steve, and thank you, Tim. Uh, of course, it's always a pleasure to be on the on the show, and and a special thank to you, Steve, for uh, for the scholarship and giving back to the to the university. It's just it's so phenomenal to give. Uh, additional financial assistance to students here. It just means the world. So thank you again. You're very welcome.